Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive, a show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved media. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Death Note. Today we will be discussing episode 26, titled Renewal. Okay, so this episode, very much transitional. This is very much them, uh, this is very much the show trying to ease us into the new normal, uh, to slowly wean us off the Arc 2 stuff and get us into Arc 3. Uh, this is kind of like the come down from the L's death high that we just got and get us into how this show is going to race to the finish. Like, what this show is going to do with its last 12 episodes. And, I I mean, Jesus. Literally the first half of this episode's a clip show. (laughs) I mean, like, look. I get that they frame it as L's like, sort of last will and testament. Here's all the information I gathered on the Kira case. uh, That Light then deletes. And that's fine. That's... That makes enough sense for it to justify its existence, but let's not kid ourselves here. It's a clip show. <laughs> Sometimes a spade's just a spade, man. Like, let's call it what it is. Uh, that, like, literally the entire first half of the episode is a clip show. All the new shit happens in the second. All the new shit, all the new shit happens in that latter half. Uh, but as far as transition episodes go, it's not bad. It, it's, it's pretty solid. Uh, I will. I do know this is the weakest uh, rated IMDb episode. Like this is the lowest rated episode on IMDb. I do kind of agree with that. Uh, if there's any episode that doesn't justify its existence, I think this is it. But like again, it's it's not bad. It's fine. It does its job well enough uh, to transition us from arc two to arc three. Uh. <laughs> I'm trying very hard not to do the Brian Brushwood shtick of there's no such thing as a bad episode of Death Note, but (laughs) mathematically there has to be a least great episode. Uh, This is that least great episode, but I still enjoy it well enough. Uh, We have Light sort of manipulating the task force to just spoon feed him the L title on a silver platter. Uh, 
like just going, oh, I don't know. I don't know who should take up the mantle of L. I don't know if I'm the right person to do it. Like, he even remarks in his inner monologue, this is no fun without Ryazaki. This is no fun without L. <laughs> like, this is too easy. It's too simple. Uh, these idiots are just like, yeah, yeah, it has to be you. It has to be you to take up the L mantle. It has to be you. Uh, so now, uh, the task force is just gonna pretend L's alive, and they're gonna use L's voice filter, uh, and it'll be Light talking instead of L. It'll be Light investigating instead of L, except he'll be investigating himself, aka not doing shit. Uh, and they also get him a new apartment in order to act as HQ, uh, they get a new apartment for Light in order to act as the new Task Force headquarters, and Light can work out of this apartment, both as L and as Kira. And, uh, he asks Misa to move in with him. So now they're living together, uh, and it'll be Task Force HQ. And now is the point where... L is talking to, or, or not L, Light is talking to Ryuk, and Ryuk's like, I guess without L, it's gonna be pretty boring, huh? And then Light's just like, no. Now I show you the creation of the new world. And Light takes Rem's death note, which, by the way, genius move on Light's part. He sort of has the task force go like, okay, Let's take the Death Note and just hide it somewhere where no one will ever find it. Uh, we'll have the Chief take it and hide it. Uh, like, bury it somewhere and make sure nobody finds it. So that's out of play. But no one knows that Light has Rem's Death Note. No one knows that Light has Rem's Death Note. And so he's using Rem's Death Note as his own. And it's just killing criminals. And it's just uh, using that to kill people. And so now he's just going nuts, killing criminals left and right, including the thief and the con man who were working with L and the task force. He kills them. By the way, the con man had a kid. And the kid's the one who found him dead. And, oh, that was heartbreaking. Uh, he kills the rest of the Yotsuba people who were involved with Higuchi's Kira shenanigans. And then, like, we get a voiceover talking about how in 2012, Light joined uh, the NPA. And then criminals, uh, the killing of criminals accelerated at a ridiculous rate. Uh, people are equally terrified and celebrating Kira. Uh... People's thoughts on Kira are now public. Nations, uh, entire nations are uh, condoning Kira and allowing Kira's justice to reign. Uh, Kira's justice is becoming law. Kira's law is becoming the only law. And so we get that voiceover kind of teasing, okay, now we're going to jump to 2012. We're going to jump five years later. And we're going to be showing, like, Literally the precipice of Light Yagami's new world, of Kira's new world. That's going to be what we get next. That's going to be what we get after this. 
And then we get this ending where it, this is still in the past. This is still in the timeline of Arc 2 before the time jump. A countdown timer hits zero. A message is sent to an old man that L is dead. And he tells this to a couple of kids at this orphanage uh, that Watari founded. Because apparently Watari was a famous inventor who used his fortune to uh, open orphanages all over the place. One of these orphanages has these two kids. This dude named Roger. Roger tells these kids L is dead. And that's the end of the episode. So we've kind of, we've got the chessboard set for our third and final arc. We've got the chessboard set for now these final 11 episodes. Uh, this race to the finish that we're about to get from Death Note. Uh, yeah, this episode, while I would certainly say the least great of all of Death Note, it does its job. It does its job. It gets us uh, set up for arc three. It gets up. It, it gets us set up for this last push of story. It gets us set up for the new world that we're going to be seeing. Uh, the time jump to 2012. Like it, it's, it does its job. It does its job. Uh, and I cannot fault it for that at all. Still a solid episode for the most part. Uh, anyway, uh, if you like this, Favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as we go through with every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcast or app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simple as just push a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if it feels so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark, pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. If you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I'll be putting up there once every month. Or, if that's not work for you, you can also support this show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, tomorrow we will be discussing episode 27. Talk to you then. Hey guys, we have a lot of fun here discussing teenagers murdering people with magic notebooks. But while we sit talking about our favorite Japanese media, Asian Americans across this country are suffering from a monstrous wave of hatred, discrimination, and violence. This type of bigotry is nothing new. It's existed for, well, pretty much as long as America has been a thing, but it has increased dramatically over the past year in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic and the hateful rhetoric of former President Donald Trump. Average, everyday Americans are being targeted every day for no reason other than the way they look, and they need your help. If you would like to help put an end to this horrific trend, please go to GoFundMe.com AAPI and donate whatever you can. That's GoFundMe.com AAPI. Thank you.